What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Health in the Hole. Today, we're going to talk about the activity guidelines that help promote full body fitness. What do you think of when I say the word fitness? Most of you may be thinking of an athletic person or maybe somebody who looks strong, who looks fit and muscular. But when I say fitness, I don't mean aesthetics. I mean you are capable of performing the task that I'm asking of you. So if I ask, if you're, are you fit to perform the task of playing soccer? If so, you're going to have a certain amount of capabilities, certain amount of mobility, uh, strength, conditioning to perform the task of being a fit soccer player. Likewise, I could say that you're fit for performing your job or your duties. For instance, a plumber might have fitness of having proper wrist mobility. It sounds silly, but the wrist mobility is a fitness marker for a plumber in order to do his job of wrenching pipes, fitting things, etc. Even if you're just sitting at a desk and not really performing a physically fit type of activity, you can still be fit to perform that task with your mental capabilities, with your skill set in terms of that uh, job requirement. So there are many ways to be fit, many ways to have fitness, but you are on to something when you think of somebody who is physically fit, because that's what we're going to talk about today, physical fitness, but not just physical fitness for one particular task. We're going to talk about overall physical fitness, because I want you to be able to perform many different tasks with success and ease and lack of compensation so that you can achieve that goal of accomplishing that task and have fun while doing it and not getting hurt or injured while doing it. And this makes sense too, especially in an area like Jackson Hole where we're performing many different outdoor activities and many different indoor activities, whether it be chores and household responsibilities to mountain biking, kayaking, hiking, etc. All of those different tasks require a certain set of qualities to make you fit at performing that duty. However, A lot of us sometimes focus on one particular area, only train for rock climbing all the time. We only train to play soccer all the time, that kind of a thing. And if you want to be physically fit in multiple different areas, you have to do a little bit more than train in one area all of your life. I think you've heard of the term cross-training before, which is when athletes and and certain uh, pro football players, for example, do things like train ballet. The wide receivers sometimes train ballet, which carries over to their performance in football, but it's a completely different sport and activity, a different set of movements, a different set of mental abilities and requirements. And in that in that way, by training in different uh, arenas, you get better at the arena that you want to focus on. Plus, I might argue that it's more fun to dabble in a bunch of different activities rather than just focus on one. I mean, I get it that we have our passions and we want to improve our skills, which requires time and energy. And we don't want to waste that time on tasks that we aren't as passionate about. But the carryover of the tasks that we do on the side of these supplementary activities 
have great success in improving your performance in the area that you care the most about. So along those lines, we are going to talk today about some of the activity guidelines to become, let's say, an optimal human. I'm not talking about the guidelines for training that will make you better at one sport or better at one task or activity in your daily life. I'm talking about making you successful and fit for as many tasks as possible, for making you a generalist. I'm talking about the activities that make you a jack of all trades and not necessarily a master of one particular trade. If you want to be a master of one trade, awesome. Go for it. Train for that activity. Wonderful. But most of the humans in this world are not training for one particular thing through and through like that's the only thing they want to do with their life. Most people just want to get on with their day and go about their daily life without risking injury or having pains or just not being able to do the tasks they want to do. So with these guidelines that I'm going to go through with you, these are the things that help you become that person who can do do any task that they want to do with general fitness, with with the minimum amount of fitness to be successful, to not have pains or injuries or compensations and to be able to enjoy the activity instead of suffer through it. Now, most of these activity guidelines come from governmental organizations that have established these guidelines and and, uh, disseminated them to the public. So you may have heard of quite a few of them. Uh, Some of the things that I say, though, will be my own take on it and my own additions that will make you more physically fit as a human, as, as an optimal human. If you want a more detailed look at some of these things that I go through with you, you can check out my book, Lifelong Youth, because that's who I originally wrote some of these guidelines for, because I want everybody to reach age 100 and be one of those people that everyone idolizes for how active and youthful they are at at that age. That is kind of the goal of the whole book, Lifelong Youth, is to help people achieve their goals and maintain their activity level for basically their whole life. Obviously, you're going to pare down your activity level. I probably won't be mountain biking when I'm 100 years old, but maybe I'll be jumping off the diving board into a swimming pool still or swimming uh, a couple a couple laps every morning in, in the local pool. Maybe I'll still be able to hike up uh, a mountain at that age when, when my grandkids and great-grandkids come to visit and want to do a little fun activity. This is what I'm talking about when I say being an optimal human and being generally fit for any task that you set your mind to or that you're asked to perform. That's what these guidelines will help you achieve. And hopefully, they'll help you achieve them for the rest of your life. So let's get right down to it. Let's start with activity guideline number one. And that one's simple. It's just move and be active, which is generally defined as having moderate physical activity. You should be moderately active five times a week or, according to the governmental agencies, about 150 minutes per week. Hopefully, with an environment like we live in here in Jackson, that is relatively easy to accomplish. There's so many hikes and trails and (laughs) different activities that you can be moderately active and perform every single day with 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 relative ease. Now, for some people, their environment is kind of restrictive on this ability to achieve this goal because they don't have even walking trails nearby, not even like a, 
a bike path or anything near their house. So they're a little bit restricted by their environment in their ability to achieve these goals, which is why public health is important and the parks and rec department are really important to, to help enhance the health of the community. So what does moderate activity really look like? Um, moderate activity feels like work, but not in an unpleasant way. Your heart rate is elevated to a point where it feels challenging to sing when you're doing the activity, but it's easy enough to talk. You could uphold a conversation like with a friend if you performed this moderate activity with a friend. Now, technically, the heart rate that they describe as, as being optimal for moderate activity is about 60 to 80% of your max heart rate. Most of us don't have a watch that will really describe this for us, so you can use that other guideline of being able to talk easily but not be able to sing as a general rule. Some examples of moderate physical activity would include brisk walking or hiking around here, gardening or doing yard work, performing household chores, light jogging, cycling or light mountain biking. I can still talk to my friends if I was biking next to them, I guess, not on a single track. Swimming. Obviously, you can't talk while swimming, but a light swim doing a couple laps here and there, or just playing around, playing around with your kids, swinging, climbing on the monkey bars, uh, climbing trees, chasing each other, jumping, crawling, all these movements that are, are native to humans, but are underutilized in, in most people's lives, especially as we get older. So there's guideline number one, five times a week, or at least 150 minutes per week, do some sort of movement and active activity with a moderate intensity, a moderate physical pace. Guideline number two is one to two times per week, do something heavy. Mostly this will mean lifting something heavy. Lifting weights is the prime topic that I'm, that I'm describing here. Now this could be a little bit controversial, especially for certain populations like elderly people or even sometimes women. Unfortunately, there's a stigma against some women lifting weights, which I think is, is totally bogus. Of course, we should be able to pursue all the activities that I describe here, no matter what age, gender, race, etc. But I understand that some people have hesitations about lifting weights. Some people are scared to lift weights because they think they're going to hurt themselves. And that could be partially true if you don't have the right uh, education. If you're not, if you just go into it all in without knowing how to properly lift a weight and you go and, and try to lift in, in an incorrect way and you hurt yourself, that is a very real possibility. However, I think there's an easy enough access to coaches and online education that we can all learn to do a, a basic amount of, of weightlifting with ease and with confidence. We don't have to worry too much about it being unsafe, especially not in the elderly population. Those are, the, those are the crew that usually get the most hesitant about lifting weights. But to be honest, the elderly population probably needs to lift weights more than they did in their past because this is the time when they need the strength in order to prevent falls or to maintain their bone health. Now, lifting weights or doing something heavy does not mean you have to go to the gym. Uh, you can do it outdoors. You can expose yourself to different heavy things that accomplish the same task as the traditional go to the gym, lift a weight 10 times, put it down, and repeat. I'm not going to lie to you. That is 
pretty boring for me personally. So I like more of a active weightlifting type of class or something similar to that, which you definitely have access to around here in Jackson. There are plenty of classes and fitness coaches that can help you uh, accomplish your goals of doing something heavy one to two times a week. Now, another caveat to this doing something heavy guideline is to make sure you're exposing yourself to a bunch of different types of movements, not just one or two heavy lifting exercises. I don't want you just doing bench press and glute bridges. Those are kind of the show muscles of the weightlifting industry, and we don't need to be focusing on just those two in order to accomplish our goals. I want you to be well-rounded, just like how you have to do a bunch of different activities like cross-training in order to get better at your sport and prevent injury. I also want you focusing on full-body symmetry when it comes to weightlifting. And we talked in depth about this with Margaret Nelson, Maggie Nelson on a previous podcast. So go back to to that episode and re-listen to that if you haven't already. We go into great detail about uh, body symmetry and lifting for symmetry. And Maggie's very intelligent about this this topic and can help you along the way in that regard. She can even help train you if if you're interested in finding a, a coach that you can bring you along in your journey. And another reason why a coach is important is because they help you focus on proper form. So Along with the caveat of doing many different types of lifting exercises, you also should focus on quality more than quantity. It's more important that you do the lift with control and composure rather than hucking the weight up to your to your chest or, or throwing the weight up as, as fast as you can. It's way better to have more quality and proper form than it is to just worry about the sets and reps and getting it done as quickly as possible. So here are some of the basic lift techniques that will help you achieve full body symmetry and not just stagnate on one or two types of lifts that only focus on one area of the body. These general lifting techniques help you to promote development in all areas of your body so that the the balance between like the front of your body and the back of the body or side to side are in sync. That, that is the key to doing multiple types of exercises that it helps your body be more in sync so there's less compensation through different activities. Remember, we're trying to be an optimally fit human. So having a asymmetrical body will mean that you will perform some tasks well, but other tasks you'll probably fail pretty miserably because you are asymmetrical. And that's, that's not good for development. It's not good for safety and, and your long-term health. So there are about seven general movements, general lifting techniques that will help you promote this full body symmetry. One is doing an overhead push, which is kind of like a chest press or a shoulder press. So that's when you have a weight kind of on your shoulders and you push it above your head, an overhead push. The other would be an overhead pull, where you're doing something like a pull-up. You start with uh, a weight or an ex- or or hanging from a bar and you pull your weight up. A cable pull-down is also like like this type of activity. All right, another one is horizontal push. This is like a push-up or a bench press. You start with a weight or your body uh, close into your chest, and you push forward. You push the weight out away from you forward instead of overhead. And now the opposite of this would be the horizontal pull. This is like a row, rowing your boat. You take a weight from in front of you from pushed far far away from your body, and pull it in towards your chest. Those are all the arm and back and neck type of uh, symmetry guidelines. 
Then there's the lower leg, which is squats, hip hinge, like a, a deadlift, and lunges. Those three are kind of the basic techniques for lifting for the lower leg and, and hips. The other ones are for the shoulders, arms, back, chest, etc. Now your goal with these is not to do the same thing over and over again, even the same lift over and over again. I mean, you can do the same exercise every day, every every one to two times a week if you wanted to. However, your body is going to plateau. It, it likes variety in your movements and in your lifting in order to achieve the goals of, of getting stronger and more fit. Your body likes to adapt to varying scenarios. So give your give yourself some different techniques, different types of lifts that accomplish all of those seven techniques that I talk about. The overhead push, the overhead pull, horizontal push, horizontal pull, squat, hip hinge, lunge. Try to acquire a bunch of different lifts and movements within each of those seven categories in order to make it more fun and to help your body adapt to changing scenarios more effectively. Play around with it and have fun. You can make it a competition and make it a game to achieve your goals. This doesn't have to be a stale routine of sets and reps, and it doesn't even have to be in a gym. Like I said before, you can be outside. You can be jumping up to a, a stick on a tree and doing pull-ups that way. You can be doing lunges with a, a rock on your chest. You can be pushing the rock overhead. You can be jumping from stone to stone. That includes that incorporates a lunge and a squat in, in terms of in terms of movement in that way. So it doesn't have to be. Oh, I'm gonna go to the gym do an overhead push, do an overhead pull, blah, 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 blah. I don't have to make it that sterile and lifeless. You can you can switch it up and make it fun. And thankfully, with these seven concepts, these seven techniques, there's a lot of room to play with it. You don't have to focus on just one or two things. Now that you know that there's a basic breakdown of the things that you should be doing for your lifts in order to maximize body symmetry and optimal human performance, now you can pick and choose what activity you like the best within each of those techniques. You don't have to say, oh, I need to do my bench press today. You can say, I need to do some sort of horizontal pushing activity, and that can be whatever you choose it to be. Maybe you find a huge log on your hike and you just get underneath it and do a few bench presses with a log. Maybe you're helping somebody move and you can treat that experience like a workout by pushing and pulling with proper form. A lot of times people get injured when they're doing menial tasks that they think are just trying to, they're trying to get it done and they do it with improper form and then they get hurt. If you treat some of your daily activities like their exercises, like you're doing something heavy, which you are, then you can actually get a feeling of a workout from the activity. You accomplish the task that you want to do and you prevent injury. So don't be afraid to take daily tasks and turn them into workouts. That is pretty much the key to maintaining your youthfulness is to perform daily activities that are exercises. You don't have to go to a gym in order to maintain your youthfulness or even to accomplish this guideline of doing something heavy. Most of the people, the oldest people in the world never went to a gym and you don't have to either. My power to you if you, if you want to do that, but it's not necessary as long as you are thinking about these concepts and getting them integrated into your daily life. Okay, so that was a long-winded way of saying that activity guideline number two is to do something heavy one to two times per week. 
accomplish all of those different types of movement into your doing something heavy guideline. Overhead push, overhead pull, horizontal push, horizontal pull, squats, hip hinge, and lunge. Okay, there's two more guidelines left. The third guideline is to do something really vigorous and max out your heart rate. Do that one time per week, only for about 20 minutes. That's all you really need. 20 minutes of doing something at an all-out pace. Let your body feel what it feels like to train at 100% of your capacity. Doing something vigorous means it requires a bunch of willpower in order to continue the activity. It is really hard to do. Your breathing rate is so high that you can't have a conversation. You're sweating, you're panting, you're struggling to continue the activity, even if it's only 20 minutes long. This is probably the hardest one to accomplish because people don't like being this uncomfortable. But it's so important to give your body this type of stimulus. Because when you train at 100% of your capacity, then your body knows that it can accomplish that type of strain. can accomplish and, and succeed during that type of strenuous activity. This goes along with my Embrace Discomfort episode, where I talked about how willfully leaning into discomfort makes you stronger and makes you a better person and makes you a happier person. By doing something physically really hard and doing it at your all-out pace, you establish your body's limits as an optimal human. You tell it what all-out looks like so that all the other stuff in your daily life can be handled with relative ease. If you go every week doing something really intense for 20 minutes, the rest of the stuff throughout your week, your body will be like, oh, yeah, I got this. I did that crazy hard thing like two days ago, and I still came through all right. Plus, you can also set new limits for your body's capacity by achieving more and more every time you do something really intense and, and you succeed in defeating your old records. Your body gets more and more resilient and better adapted to accomplish hard things. It becomes even easier to do those menial tasks of your daily life or even the moderate activity uh, levels because you are surpassing your vigorous activity levels on a weekly basis. And that's awesome for your mental health and your physical health. This is what keeps you going until you're 100 years old and still climbing mountains and swimming laps and jumping off diving boards. By doing something really, really hard, you tell your body, hey, I can do most other things in my life. So some examples of doing something really vigorous to max out your heart rate are sprinting a hill five times, ten times, whatever it takes to get you feeling like you're really uncomfortable and you want to stop but you keep pushing through. Your high-intensity workouts, hit training is what they're formally referred as, sprint rowing, sprint biking, or lap swimming for speed. All these things that really pump your body, you can think of plenty of other activities even even small activities that don't seem that they're like they're very hard if you do them at your all out pace that becomes one of these high intensity rigorous workouts that is perfect for your long term health and remember all you need is 20 minutes 20 minutes one time a week do one of these really intense vigorous exercises that maxes out your heart rate and makes you feel like you're pushing your limits because you are and that's what you should do when you push your limits your limits get pushed it's as simple as that. Now, the final activity guideline is just one that doesn't have a weekly prescription, but you should do it periodically to give yourself a little check-in to see how you're doing. 
So periodically, you should be practicing your coordination, practicing your balance, and taking a look at your range of motion throughout your body. Ideally, I would want you to focus on movements that you're not very good at already, something that you know you don't have that much range of motion in, whether it be shoulder range of motion, neck range of motion, etc. I want you to focus on the things that you don't do well, because after all, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And if you want to be an optimal human, you should bring your weak links up to the forefront so that you can all be on a level playing field after you're, you've succeeded in improving that weak link. If Again, it's like the symmetry of body, body movements and doing something heavy. If one side is asymmetrical, one body part is asymmetrical from the rest of your body, like your wrist mobility doesn't have that much mobility, but your ankle does, that means you're going to be pretty good at, at lower body tasks, but not as good at upper body tasks. So if you want to be physically fit for a multitude of activities for the rest of your life, it behooves you to focus on that area of weakness so that you can become more symmetrical and thereby become more optimally human and more physically fit. So this guideline is rather basic and doesn't have a lot of hard facts and activities for you to practice, but it's makes it easier in that way. It makes it easier to play around with different movements. So some examples of practicing coordination, balance, and range of motion would be things like doing ankle mobility exercises, things like walking on unstable surfaces like a curb, a slack line, or a two by four, acting like it's a balance beam. You can do yoga. You can even do things like playing sports. Now, playing sports kind of goes into the either moderate physical activity or the vigorous activity category, but playing sports also stresses your range of motion in certain ways. A baseball player and a soccer player have different ranges of motion. So by playing different sports on a, on a periodic basis, by not just playing one sport all the time, you help improve your range of motion in different areas of, of your body. Now, that example of doing baseball and soccer is a pretty good example because one of them stresses your upper body a lot and, and helps you improve your range of motion with your throwing arm, for example. And the other stresses your foot and lower body mechanics and their range of motion with soccer. And the reason why I say that this activity should only be practiced periodically is because most of the other activities and the guidelines that I described before help accomplish these tasks of balance, coordination, and range of motion. So you don't necessarily have to maintain a mobility practice every single day for the rest of your life. I just want you to check in on these things in order to see where your weaknesses are, in order to be able to establish a baseline of your balance, coordination, and range of motion so that you can improve any time that you see one of them falter. So periodically, just check in on it. Practice your coordination. See what your balance is like, standing on one leg balancing on a beam, etc. And then look at your range of motion, moving your wrists back and forth, ankles, hips, neck, low back, bending forward and touching your toes. All these things are ways to check in on your range of motion. Or if you wanted to, you could also check out the Lifelong Youth book because I have in there a mobility checkup addendum at the very back of the book that walks you through a basic mobility checkup to, to see where you might be having weaknesses or where you have asymmetries. So give that a look if you want somebody to kind of hold your hand through that a little bit and give you some extra guidance on your mobility checkups. Otherwise, just play around with it. See where you have one side different than the other. It's it's as easy as that, really. If you notice that your ankle on your left side can 
bend further than your right side, start working a little bit on your ankle mobility exercises, specifically on the right side. Again, focus on the weakness. Focus on the thing you're not very good at so that you can bring your whole body up. You're only as strong as your weakest link. All right, so let's summarize the activity guidelines for becoming an optimal human who's physically fit in almost all scenarios. You can do any activity that you set your mind to because you're prepared. You're physically fit for those tasks. Here they are again, the activity guidelines. Guideline number one, move and be active at a moderate physical pace five times a week or 150 minutes per week. One to two times per week, do something heavy. One time per week, for a total of 20 minutes tops, do something vigorous and really intense that maxes out your heart rate. And then periodically, practice coordination, balance, and check in on your range of motion so you can see where any asymmetries and weaknesses lie. As you can see, this occupies a good portion of your week. You're doing something just about every day, and that's as it should be. As we know from some of the governmental guidelines, you should be active at least 60 minutes a day, and that accomplishes that five times a week guideline of me being active and just moving around. Doing something vigorous and doing something heavy one to two times a week, that'll take up the last, last two days of your week, basically, and you're going to accomplish a couple of these tasks in one day. So, the moral of the story is be an active human. If you're an active human, you'll be accomplishing a lot of the tasks that it takes to be an optimal human and to be physically fit for many scenarios. If I were to summarize this podcast into a couple of sentences, it would be, in order to be physically fit, play around with different physical activities. Be active every day and do something different every day. By doing something different every day, you'll be literally practicing different ways to be fit. By doing different things and practicing different ways to move and stress your body, you improve your general fitness. You become more of an optimal human because you're practicing all the different facets of being a human, the different ways to move, the different activities to enjoy, etc. So be active. And I know this isn't a message that many Jacksonians need to hear, but Man, get out there and do different things. That's what I urge you, is not to just focus on one thing. Go mountain bike one day, kayak another day, run a trail another day, do yard work another day. Just switch it up and enjoy it. That is what's fun, is doing different, unique, and novel things and seeing improvement in a bunch of different areas. Just go enjoy your life and be active while doing it, okay? Thanks, y'all. I'll hope to see you on the trail. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Health in the Hole. If you liked it, please subscribe so you can hear more episodes. And remember, this podcast is not medical advice. Consult your health provider before doing anything drastic. 